You're listening to another film podcast where three friends watch a movie and discuss and debate it. Get ready for some hot takes, some non sequiturs, and a lot of banter. And as always, there will be spoilers. Roll pop. My name is Matt, and I recently watched Saltburn. It was wild, uh, and I would love to talk about it more, but that's not what we're doing right now. <laughs> I was like, I don't think Tierney's seen it, so we can't talk about it No, more. <laughs> I, I want to. Uh, I'm ready to have that conversation with you, though, whenever Tierney has seen it, so we'll circle Good. back. Uh, my name is Colin, and I recently watched season two of Our Flag Means Death, and it's still just like a true delight of a TV show. Uh, the season two finale made me laugh out loud and also made me cry. And I was like, what more could you ask for from a television Aww. program? So that's very good. would recommend. And <clears throat> keeping up the Tyga train, uh, Colin and I recently Ooh. watched Next Goal Wins. Oh, that's me. Yeah. Together. We Together. did. We went to the that's Evanston it. Theater and it was weird because <laughs> it's like... <laughs> Officially an AMC, Ugh. but it mostly just feels the exact same. <laughs> it is the exact same. They changed the carpet in the lobby, and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Weird. Yeah. yeah. But and they shut down half of it, right? Yeah. The yeah. Half isn't there. Yeah. So it's just the one side that has like the twelve screens. Also, they kept the dumbass like one row will have like the rocking yep. chairs, and one row will just have like the like oh, the armrests sure. that move but don't recline and it's oh. the dumbest fucking shit <laughs> and then we also saw a preview for the andrew scott paul mescal uh movie and i said i leaned over to Colin and i said i hope when matt goes to see it he sits in a chair that doesn't recline again <laughs> why would you even wish that on me what kind of beast <laughs> We're just manifesting. (laughs) Yeah, uh, for listener, I think we've talked about this on the pod before, but when we saw Call Me By Your Name, I had to sit erect in my seat. There was no ability to recline. I think Tierney made that same reference, and I said it wasn't the only thing that was erect. No, Tierney said Matt was sitting straight up, and I was like, it wasn't the only thing that was straight up. Yeah. And I was like, sprawl. Yeah, we were in the same row and yours reclined. You were at the end. Yeah. And I said... Like, your chair was broken. <laughs> Do you want to move? And you said, it's fine. Yeah, that sounds like me. That sounds like me, all right. Uh, uh, fine. King. Um, another thing king. I watched this week, though... Oh, uh, yeah. ...was Tell A World's End. The World's End. Oh, interesting. Oh. Did you guys watch that, too? Why did you watch that? Uh, it was part of the, the last uh, Cornetto trilogy of the Cornetto oh. trilogies. Mm. That makes mm. that makes sense. That seems I've like heard a, of that. a reasonable. Yes, it's it's directed by Edgar Wright and stars Simon Pegg and Nick Frost and Patty Considine and Martin Freeman and the other guy Peter. I don't know his name. And <laughs> <laughs> Pierce Brosnan. Eddie Marson? Yeah, Eddie Marson. Eddie Marson. <laughs> Pier- I don't know Brosnan, how I pulled that. I- Rosamund Pike. <clears throat> Love her. And it's just... Also is in Saltburn. She is. I was just looking at the Wikipedia. Um, yep. And uh, it's a bunch of... It's these five guys going home to their hometown uh, and ordering five guys... 
just kidding. Uh, <laughs> and doing a pub, <laughs> pub crawl, uh, which ends up being the end of the world as we know it. Um, came out in 2013. Yeah. Oh, what a guess. Cool. Yeah, it was, it was <laughs> cool. Cool. Uh, three years between the first two Cornettos, and then it was six between the last Cornetto. Mm. Do you know why there was a six-year break? Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, baby. Hell yeah. <laughs> Matt's, yeah, I did the Matt's ma- beloved. The math in my head. Yeah, my favorite Edgar Wright by a mile. Um, <clears throat> but like watching this, I realized I was like, oh, the the Cornetto trilogy is broken up because. Scott Pilgrim definitely came out before this one. So, yeah, that's exactly... I knew, I knew already. That's it. Um, all right. Well, T, do you want to share your Nars or your Yasses? Um, so I had uh, acting, yes. And then I had uh, written down two dialogue things. But really, I basically actually only had two. I had acting as a yes... And story plot as a nar. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Do yeah, I have to I think have three? You don't have to have three. I okay. think that's fine. No, because well, I, I think we'll be, we'll be talking about those things. So, Colin, do you want to share next? Yeah, I had um, dialogue, visuals were both yases for me. Um, okay. And I think the story slash plot is another nar from your boy. Your boy. <clears throat> your boy. Um, Okay, and just to remind listener of uh, the different options that we have to pull from, since it's been a little while since we went through those, we got dialogue, acting, visuals, music slash sound, story slash plot, symbolism, cultural significance, and emotional connection. And we're still uh, a little so, iffy on those last two. <laughs> yeah, we're like, we're a little, we're trying it out. This is still the trial period. Um but I uh, had a yas for acting, so I think that'll be fun to talk through. Um, and a nar for story plot and also emotional connection. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that has a lot to do with how I uh, enjoyed this film. So. Ooh. Uh, In that you didn't? No. I think it's not <laughs> that good. Um, yeah. Even I- though I'm like, there's a lot of fun stuff in it um but i found it kind of weird i found it kind of a weird movie and i don't really know what it what it means i think for me the if we want to just dive into story plot yeah the gary king character is so hack cringe that like i i like can't listen to him talk that like um like you get a little bit of depth at the end but before that, it's just like, yeah. why? It's like those like reliving your high school days that I'm mm-hmm. always just like, uh. And I yeah. just I like I it makes me so physically <clears throat> uncomfortable. Um, so I, I did think it was interesting that I feel we talked about this for Shaun of the Dead, but it was like we didn't like. Nick Frost character in Shaun of the Dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then in Hot Fuzz, we like both of them. And then in this one, like Simon Pegg's character is so deeply unlikable that like yeah. even yeah. I like coming to Nick Frost character's defense in Shaun of the Dead was like 
<laughs> these fucking zoom things. <laughs> Caught your um, <laughs> I, I still enjoy Ed's like character in Shaun of the Dead, even though I agree with that he's like pretty obnoxious. But like, yeah, but I, it's there's not a lot of redeeming stuff going on with uh, the Gary character in the world's and you, end. And you can't hang a whole plot on a character like that yeah. to the point where, like, I kept being like, why is Andy, that's the Nick Frost character, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah. why is he following him? What is he giving him? Mm-hmm. And the answer is nothing. And then, like, the 16 years of sobriety just thrown out the window. I was like, you could have worked yep. a little harder. Yeah. That's, you I meaning think, the Edgar Wright. Right, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> I think that's the biggest thing for me. It's. Um, I remember watching it the first time and being like, no. Yeah, it's not a good message. No. Uh, not that all movies have to have good messages, <clears throat> but I feel like I don't know what this movie lands on. Mm-hmm. Um. And I think that's my biggest problem with it. But. I do think it's a it's a bold choice. So if we, like, I mean, we're talking story plot. If we want to go all the way to the very, very end, I do think it's a bold choice, especially in the realm of this specific trilogy. Like, zombie movies often don't have a happy ending, but we get one with Shaun of the Dead. Uh, Hot Fuzz has, like, a pretty happy ending. Mm-hmm. This is extremely bleak. Like, it's, like, literally the mm-hmm. world ends, and it's just, like, 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 you, there's that shot, which I think looks really cool, uh, when, um, Andy is, like, telling the story around that, like, campfire, and you just see the reflection in his glasses of, like, the world burning, yeah. but you're just, like, fuck, <laughs> like, th- like, these movies are fun, and I do think that this movie is mostly fun, it, like, kind of loses me in the last, like, 30-ish minutes, but, like, I still enjoy watching this movie, but, like, the very end is so bleak that it's just, like, ugh, not only do I, yeah. am I just, like, not that invested in the main character from the, from the beginning, but then it also just ends on such, like, a sour note that it's, like, ugh, this was yeah. just, like, kind of a tough yeah. hang. Also, for the like fact an that hour and 45 minutes. Alien <clears throat> robot was just like, fuck it. <laughs> yeah, I just really don't know what it is all for. It feels like the last 20 minutes are such like a shrug. Yeah. Yeah. I really do feel like the basically everything up to. I think like right when everybody's aware of what's happening, like the last bar that they're at with, like, that giant fight with Pierce Brosnan's character, and then, like, I think from there on, I think it's 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 really just, like, it, it just feels really messy in a yeah, way that, like, I the just, first two movies yeah. really did not. Like, the first two movies, and even, like, I complained about this a little bit in Hot Fuzz, and I do think Hot Fuzz is a better movie than this, for sure, but, like, those Someone were, like... the best of the three. <laughs> so, some might say that. <laughs> I might, I might lean that direction, sure. But I think those both of those movies are so tightly plotted, and this one just feels really sloppy. Um, and yeah. it's, really? And it's sloppy. it's kind of a bummer watching them in such quick succession to see, like, oh, like, a lot of the humor is still there, and a lot of the jokes are still there, but, like, from a story standpoint, it's just like, oh, you really just kind of phoned this one in Do you know in a I'm... way that you didn't the other two. <clears throat> Which is a kind of a parallel to um, the Before Trilogy. Mm-hmm. 
where the third one kind of falls off the rails a bit. Hmm. That I'm wondering if it's that is common. Are all th- third movies the worst ones? <laughs> well, we'll Spider Man 3 is the worst of those three. Godfather. That's for, for sure. Godfather, Godfather 3 is rough. <clears throat> Which is crazy, too. Lord of the Rings the 3 sequel. is not because that's scripted material. <laughs> that's fair. Um, <laughs> I do think so. I'm with you, Tierney. Okay, I, Return of the King is Bay, uh, and I will defend it forever, and it has the perfect number of endings. Um, but I do think that... 26? The, the general like consensus... Six. I think the general 26. consensus is that Return of the King is the weakest of the three. It doesn't have the, <clears throat> the most memorable sequences the way the other two do. Like, I love Fellowship because it's, like, world-building to perfection, and Two Towers has the Battle of Helm's Deep, which is, like, most people's favorite part of the entire trilogy. Yeah, and, so like, and the, the Return of the King just has the battle at Minas Tirith as well as the battle at Mordor. But it's not as good as but Helm's Deep. But it also has my it's favorite moment from the entire trilogy, which is the, no, like, you bow to no one, which is, like... <laughs> Yeah. Colin's crying right now. I mean, the tears are streaming down his face. <laughs> like, you get, like, fuck off. Anyway, we're not here to it talk also, about Lord It also of the Rings. has the uh, I am no man <clears throat> line. Fuck yeah. Sure. So, and I and it also has my favorite moment in all three trilogies, uh, but the extended edition. Uh, the mouth, mouth of Sauron. Fuck off. Fuck yes. Mouth of Sauron is Nothing bang. the Mouth of Sauron. <laughs> who would thought who would have thought we would be talking about uh i did uh, return of the king <laughs> he specifically was like well return of the king interesting actually maybe let's keep this going comparing oh because to he fashioned himself the king and Gary he returned king. and nobody remembered him Ugh. That's true. <laughs> I, what I think we're saying is that World's End is as good Fuck as off. Return to the King. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, I do think that's like, again, there's a lot of fun stuff in it. Mm-hmm. And I think what Edgar Wright does so well, he's still doing here in terms of editing, mm-hmm. pacing, acting, jokes. Like, it's, it's a funny movie. Um, but it just does feel so uneven in a way that, like, Shaun of the Dead, we like, and we talked about both Hot Fuzz and Shaun of the Dead having kind of perfect prologue intros into, like, these are the characters, this is the story, these are the stakes, this is the world. Mm-hmm. There we go. All in five minutes or less, you got it all, and we're going to just hit those beats and follow that. Because um, I... I I don't know if I said this in the previous ones, but it almost feels like Shakespearean prologues where they kind of like lay the the story out and like set the land and then go like, and now here we go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And both Hot Fuzz and Shot of the Dead have that feel versus this, which like we get the intro of the group. Right. But we get the intro but, of them as teenagers. And as so then teenagers, we have to figure out who they are as adults, which doesn't fully land. And, and the most crucial missing piece that i think i think is so weird in this one is that there's no reference or hint or that they've seen each other no that there's aliens that there's robots that there's any sort of science sci-fi aspect at all Mm -hmm. which i think 
again, it, it's fine if you want that to be a surprise, or it's fine if you don't necessarily, like, these characters No, there should be a hint. Know. There has There's, to be a hint. Well, Shaun I was going to say, Shaun of the Dead is, like, laying the seeds of a zombie apocalypse, like, from the beginning of, like, literally right. from the opening credits. And the Hot Fuzz is also pretty overt about what it's trying to do from the beginning. Yeah, his little monologue mm. is cut like an action movie mm-hmm. and his like action uh, you know all of his uh commendations are like these cool slick edited like action movie things so you at least get the tone well it's also With this one it sets it that one the whole joke of that opening sequence is sorry the, my mic was over there the whole <laughs> joke of the opening sequence is that he's uber cop and being put in a small town where no crime right. happens mm-hmm. and it's like right. well <clears throat> that's not gonna stay the case so you know right. something is gonna be uncovered yeah but and this is we just get, like <clears throat> we get the setup of the crew but in the end at the core of the finale it's not about them as a group of friends. No, it is about two of them aliens. <laughs> two of them are dead. The world is ending, and aliens have been involved in their small town for X amount of like years. Like 25 years. I mean, yeah. And for kind of an <clears throat> unclear reason, besides like they lay out, like, oh, if we like penetrate ourselves into this amount of societies and towns then we can like you know convince the larger masses but it's kind of like why this town why this way what is this referencing really like it's part invasion of the body snatchers part the thing part the day the earth stood still but it's like not any of those enough to make it clear like what expectations like what tropes are we playing on? Even if we spent that, just like to keep this consistent. If we just spent like five minutes, like it basically if we nixed, I mean you could keep the intro, but if we just spent five minutes with Gary before he was in, like that group therapy or even after, where you just have him interacting with people, where it's like very like robotic. Like, if you put Gary King in a fucking corporate job, this movie would crush because he would be encountering robots. And and then maybe he has his, like, oh, well, let's go back to the last time I felt thrill and then do this instead of this, like, arrested development guy who can't grow up. Because then you at least have the, like, seed of a robot – Mm-hmm. That he's interact in the same way Shaun of the Dead, right. he's like behaving like a zombie, and then when the zombies right. come, it makes sense. Versus like nothing, 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 and then like Deus Ex Machina robots, and then Deus Ex Machina robot goes away. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> and yeah, and, and then the like, friends aren't even together at the end. Right, like, and that's what feels so so strange. Is it almost does feel like two movies. Like the first half feels like the big chill Mm -hmm. or something like that where it's just like we've been apart for so long and it's about us getting to know each other as we are now even like the eddie marzen stuff where he's like talking about the bully and how he like ruined his life that's like an affecting moment and it is an interesting moment in that movie but as soon as that bathroom fight breaks out the movie is not 
at all interested really in the things that it sets up in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And that's what feels so strange is like the setup and payoffs, which I always talk about of Edgar Wright movies are always so which I was going to say are really strong in the previous two entries of this trilogy. <laughs> Just for like <clears throat> little moments too that like oh this line that we said is going to come back and it's going to be even more satisfying when we pay off why we said that to begin with. And this one, it just doesn't feel like there's, like, a real marriage between the sci-fi story and the story about these friends. And I do think Gary King as a character is one of the problems because he is encouraging a sober person to drink. And we and we like that Andy doesn't want to drink because he is logical and he's not, like, they don't play him like this, like, stuffy, boring wet blanket. Like he's, he's there. Like an adult. Yeah. Right. He's there and he's an adult and he has responsibilities. And so for him to decide to drink and then for Gary never to arc, he actually doesn't learn mm-hmm. anything mm-hmm. at all. At any point. Yeah. He just gets worse. It it feels like what is the point of all this if that's gonna be the end of the story? Like who cares? That Rosamund Pike and Patty Consa didn't get together. Who cares? Like, what does that have to do with them as a friend group, or with also like Bar Crawl or the aliens? Like, what? Yeah. What? How does all of this relate to each other? Yeah. One other thing about setups and payoffs is I noticed that in this one the payoffs are almost too quick. Like the lintel joke, man. If that was. 40 minutes later in the movie it would have been right. so much better if if like something fell like a lintel fell and killed a robot would have been a perfect yes. payoff yeah. but instead it was like <laughs> 30 point. seconds later i another one that it i mean it did make me laugh but i agree like it would have been even funnier if it would have been a little further apart was when <laughs> they walk into the first bar and he's like ah deja vu and then they walk into the second bar which is literally the exact same bar yes. and the other mm-hmm. one's like deja vu like like this is weird like yeah. i thought that was funny like that was like a fun little callback but yeah i agree that like it it wasn't much like it wasn't really anything like it made me giggle but like it like or in terms of like the bar was the same right like it, if, if they kept yeah. playing it out throughout the rest of the night or at least until things fully go off the rails but like they only go to those two bars that are the exact same after one of them makes a comment in the first one that like oh yeah all the bars are the same now whatever like, they should have either spaced that out a little bit or should have kept going with that bit. And to just, like, only do it the one time and then move on is like, well, that seems like a missed opportunity. Yeah, I believe in, I in just, Second City they tell you things are funny in three, five, yes. three, five, nine. I don't think you do seven. Nine would make sense. Because it, it's a three of three. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, yeah, two fun. is not a funny number. <laughs> yeah and yeah at least do like one of the other bars later on mm-hmm. bring that bring back the joke if you're going to do them back to back to land this version of the joke and like again that's the thing is i'm like this just feels like it wasn't given the time to like i don't know like either fit the pieces together better or that it was, like, rushed to make it two different things that we can feel kind of the abrupt separation between the stories. Because, it, yeah, it just feels like nothing quite goes as long as it should or comes back the way that it should. It's, like, left behind in a way that Edgar Wright movies, I feel like, don't mm-hmm. do. 
And that's, yeah, this was like just a, a weird experience, especially because Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz, I'm like, God, these are such amazing opening like movies to be like, this is what I'm capable of. And it's, they're so impressive and so funny. And again, yeah, I think, you know, maybe we talk about some of the positives. Like, I do think the performances are really funny, and I think, like, it's fun we, that Martin Freeman gets to do a little more. And uh, can, I we, say, can I say yeah. one other thing yes. about story and plot? I did, and this is a positive thing, I did like that this movie has both zombie elements with the robots and then also uh, small-town conspiracy elements. So it yeah, combines sure. both the previous movies in a, in a like, theme. That's um, a good point. But go on. Acting. Martin I, Freeman. I, I do Come think... On. Yeah, I do think that, like, when you watch all three of these movies together, you're like, oh, yeah, I can definitely see that they are, like, related. Like, there's a lot of similar plots. There's a lot of similar jokes. There's a lot of, like, references and callbacks. And so, like, it definitely does feel like a part of the story, like, a larger story, which, I mean, you know, quote-unquote story, um, which is, like, what you want a trilogy to be. It's just, like, such a bummer when the first two do everything so well, and this one only does part of it really well. Yeah, and because I think it's, like, what's the final moment of Hot Fuzz? Is it the, the cemetery? Yeah. I think. Like, it's just, yeah, there's just so many elements that, like, do feel, if we're going to talk about, like, the elements of this trilogy in particular and kind of the recurring things that happen, one, we get another fence gag in this one. We um, get, like, a couple. three. We get a hedge, we get a fence, and then we get, like, another I fence where he successfully s- makes it over. so hard when he tripped over the hedge. Like, <laughs> 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 like, not even remotely close to a fence, and he just was like, ah. <laughs> I think my favorite, yeah. my, I have two, like, favorite physical gags. My all-time favorite is um, Nick Frost going to open the door and puts his hand right through the glass. <laughs> uh, and he and when I put acting, most of it is, I think Nick Frost in this movie is so good. He's and really good. Is He's this, really good in this. Him as a straight man is really good. I and, think especially because he was so not in the first two. Yeah. But, like, I think when you see him as this, you're like, oh, damn. Like, yeah. yeah. But I thought I thought that was funny, him going to open the door and smashing it. And the other one was when the robot says, I want you inside me. And he punches her and then takes out his <laughs> wedding right. ring. I was like, hell yeah. I love that. And that was, that was a really good payoff. I remember yep. being like, oh, there we go. Because, like, the moment she sucks it off his finger is so, like, oh, no. Oh, my yeah. God. Like, but... Yeah, it's a good thing he got it back, and hopefully his wife is alive. Yeah, all those people's families, like, uh, it's just too Peter's sad. Just being like dead. He does say at the end, his wife, he, he and his wife are back together. Okay. Oh he, yeah. Yeah. There's and there's a line where he says something. Peter. Yeah, but he says something to the effect of like we figured, we realized that like our problems were small potatoes given literally the world ended. <laughs> so good. Yeah. So he at least does have like a happy ending. And also um Martin Freeman's character like it's like he just becomes a real estate agent again and he just has like a soccer ball for the top of his head with like yeah. eyes drawn in. Very funny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I yeah, I don't know. That's what kind of felt so weird about the ending, too, is it's just, like, this wrap-up 
where the world goes back to normal and it also again feels like Shaun of the Dead where it's like okay we'll just move on from this you know world ending disaster and just incorporate these new beings into our world but this one feels so much less satisfying because you're like okay they're so they're just a like sentient uh, robots I guess that are also discriminated against now. My thing and too I, is if they all exploded. Yeah, it How like it just doesn't. Uh, <laughs> it just doesn't make a lot of sense. And again, and the other thing I was going to say about like the elements of this trilogy is like <clears throat> Shaun of the Dead ends with them together. They're playing video games in the shed. Hot Fuzz them next to the gravestone. They're together. In this one, they're not even friends anymore, and he's just off leading a band of teenage like his teenage friends his, yeah his teenage friends oh right okay like his crew are the same crew like he is still that his you know 40 year old giant explosion yeah. right but like and that the the dudes that he's rolling with are the same dudes that he's been wanting to roll with since that la- like his since last night of high school <laughs> teenage versions of his friends but also like that's not a good ending that's not a no. noble way like and i think that's what feels so mixed is like the blinks are the villains for the whole movie and then in the final scene they're being discriminated against by humans who uh, he defended in the final moments against the alien where he's like we just want to be who we are and we don't want to be told what to do but now that humans are uh, fighting against blanks, he's on the side of the blanks because they also don't mature. Like, it's just like, what is, what does this mean? Like, why are we ending it like this when that doesn't seem to be at all what the movie was about? And I think it just keeps going back and forth between it being like punishing on him being an alcoholic and dragging people down around him for not actually taking care of himself. And then kind of celebrating the independence that he has to not listen to everyone else's advice and to go his own path. And it's kind of like, is this just about the complexity of humans being both shitty and virtuous? Because they're, this is mostly just shitty. He, like, left his friend after the car rolled and he was, like, in the hospital. Like, that's just a bad thing. He doesn't he never arc. reckons with that. Like he, he doesn't Yeah, arc. he doesn't arc. Yeah. And that's where I I have, like, no patience for him. Yeah, and I think that's why the, like, I think the acting is so good, but I think it is really contending with, like, really unclear motivations or, like, purposes for these characters. Because we're never quite sure who to root for. Mm -hmm. Even though it's pretty clear it's supposed to be this group of friends. Even, like, we're not even sure what romantic relationship we would root for Rosamund Pike to be in. I, I mean, like, I root for her to be, like, Patty seems like a good guy. Agreed, but... Especially when he's like, she's... full disclosure, I am dating someone. Yeah. She's 26. But I wouldn't leave her. <laughs> I like how he keeps throwing that in. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she is great in this. Uh, and she has a lot of really fun moments. And I almost wish it was just her movie. Kind yeah. Yeah. I do. I rem- I think this was the first time I'd ever like been exposed to her. Like I I don't remember. Like obviously, like I know her from many other things now. But I think this was the first time that I had ever been like, oh, 
this is a person who I'm interested in. Uh, and I do, I remember thinking that when I left the theater, and I mentioned this last week, I've only seen this movie once until rewatching it for the pod. But I feel like I remember her being a much bigger part of this movie. And when I was watching it earlier today, I was like, oh, she's really not in it, like, at she's all. She's just a big part of the movie in your heart. Well, I mean, <laughs> truly. <laughs> well, and she is kind of a moral core mm-hmm. to the movie. Like, she really puts him in his place. But, but, but again, it's like, but why? What is she? Like, what, how? What is she servicing to the story about robots? She's and also a bit of a Deus Ex Machina in the sense that she just conveniently got lost <laughs> in her hometown. So, if we're going to talk about setups and payoffs, uh, when she calls uh, Martin Freeman when they're at the first bar. He says something, like, I can't remember the exact line of dialogue, but he says something like, oh, you, you finally got here? Yeah, you got lost on that road. So, like, mm-hmm. there is a seed of her getting lost on that road in her hometown. Like, I Fine. do think, okay. I, it's, it's not great. I think, like, there are better things in these movies, but there it wasn't, like, completely out of nowhere that she got lost. When... I, I mean, I assumed that Martin Freeman's character was a blank when they all exited the club and he was already outside. Mm-hmm. Is that when the birthmark shows up again, or is it before that? That's when you first are able to notice it. Okay. Like I think it's when he goes like, to the bathroom yeah. at... Um, like I think the, it's, it's at that bar. I think it might be at that bar, but it's, yeah, it's like when he first goes... Yeah, because he's, like, in the bathroom while all some shit is going down. And he's, like, he comes back out. He's, like, what did I miss? Um, yeah. When, and so I think, like, that yeah. was when it, like, act, like, he actually was turned. But I don't think you actually get to see. I don't think the camera ever shows his birthmark until later. Speaking of I bathroom, guess, yeah. I do enjoy that first bathroom scene, fight scene. I think it's really good. It's so good. But there is a part where that's, like, if that wasn't a blank he would have just decapitated the human yes. being. Yeah. <laughs> I just find it so weird. That, like, a lot yeah. of the movie feels weird. I So that was one of, like, the things that I w- did want to talk about for visuals, is I think, like, that, like, the fight choreography, like, obviously, like, all of the Edgar Wright movies, like, the, like, he knows how to stage an action set piece. So, like, that's mm-hmm. not necessarily, like, shocking. But, like, the bathroom fight sequence was a one and it, like, was really cool. Uh, like when, like the first time Simon Pegg like picks up that guy and he's like gonna body slam him and it like cuts to that like slow-mo, like that just like looked really dope. And like when his head popped off, it was, I remember the, like seeing it in the theater being like very shocked. <laughs> like, oh my God, oh, I was. <laughs> like what the fuck? Um, so I, I think like that sequence in particular, I was just like, God damn, he really is good at staging these like really compelling action set pieces that are still funny like they still like find a way to like be good action while also making you laugh like there's a lot of like dumb moments like uh when one of the twins pops back up and she's just got feet for arms and she's just like swinging feet around like that's so funny but like but like that like the choreography the fight choreography is really well done and then you add like like 
fucking Barbie legs to someone's arms. <laughs> like, it's so goofy. I was like, God damn, he's good at this. <laughs> he should yeah. do a John I, Wick. Oh, shit. That would be really interesting. That would be fun. I think one of the things that I did find a little weird, though, is, like, Shaun of the Dead, sometimes they do kind of, like, outrageously, you know, clever action moves, but they're mostly just, like, swatting and pushing and mm-hmm. slapping and poking and then in Hot Fuzz, it's set up because they're, like, these cops that, and everyone else in the town, you know, is armed to the teeth. That you're able to kind of play around with the conventions and have, like, big blowout action pieces, and it doesn't feel that weird. But, be- again, because the first half of this movie is just, like, friends talking, them all fighting, like, characters in Super Smash Brothers out of nowhere and having everybody just, like, doing... You know, I think Black Andy's Widow is justified because he's like angry. No, in the in the flashback in the very beginning. Oh um, right, because mm. he's a brawler. Right. Yeah, but I also and think that like he's a rugby player and they're not talks, good and fighters. That one is specific, yeah, but that's specifically he, Gary talks about how he always had his back. He always <laughs> had his back, uh, and so once he sees Gary fighting, he jumps in and fights. But he's more skilled. Think Arius. And it's like that's fair. But you can see, like, they're all like none of them are good fighters. Like they're all just like better swing, than robots. I mean, they're better than robots, but they're all like swinging and missing with their punches. They're all getting like grabbed onto. Like Eddie Marson's just like trying to hide. <laughs> He's not yeah, actually trying to sure. fight. He's just like trying to like not be fought you know like first he's hiding under a urinal and then that falls and so then he runs into the like the stall so like i it to me i agree with you like it does seem a little weird like tonally it seems a little weird to have this like giant action set piece in a movie that's mostly just like goofy bar jokes but like i don't think that it was like oh all of a sudden these people just became really good at karate like it's not like that like they're they're pretty bad at fighting I know. It's, <laughs> like, uh, still it just does Maybe because it's edited the way it is, it just feels like they are. It, it's it's these really elaborate fights where like even Shaun of the Dead, they're mostly just like swatting. Yeah, and you're like, yeah, these are normal people in this situation. And here, it, like, it looks like a John Wick movie at points, even if they're like getting pushed and stuff. It's still choreographed in a way that is a proper fight. Uh, but and then again, like that's I think that's why it's like weird because it's a sci-fi movie so it doesn't necessarily need to have these like elaborate fights even if there's like chases or Mm -hmm. you know frantic escapes and stuff like that but like the fights feel so yeah i don't know i don't know uh i do think the right and that that's maybe the aspect is like because andy is a rugby player it would be more interesting to have this movie framed around like each of them has their own specialty yeah. That mm-hmm. as they're fighting the robots, they're each doing the thing that they're known to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Andy is a defender, and, like, you know, you can always have uh, Gary also be fighting since they're, like, the leads, and it's about their relationship. But, like, Rosamund Pike, like, swinging around an umbrella is, like, okay, like, you're doing it cool, but, like, you're just a person. All of you are just people. You're, like, real estate agents and bankers. So, like, why... Are you so good at this? I don't know. And especially to end it where it's like, it is this hyper-fictionalized fantasy world now, this like post-apocalyptic wasteland. So again, it's like these normal 
everyday people suddenly become Mad Max characters by the end. It's like, <laughs> this is such a weird shift. Uh, anyway. Um, Another visual that I really liked, which is like very much in line with uh, Edgar Wright's style, and we talked a lot about it, but like the quick cutting, like establishing yeah. montages are really fun in this one, especially uh, with like the first couple bars they go to where it's just like quick cuts of like somebody pulling like a draft lever and some, and then like a cup getting filled and it's just like four pints yeah. getting filled with beer. And then just like a little like dispenser for tap water. <laughs> it's really funny. <laughs> I think my favorite uh, shot in this movie is when, Gary and uh, Rosamund Pike are talking in the bathroom and they're standing in front of a mirror and you can't see the camera. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Good catch. And it's, I can't think of a single shot like that in any other movie. The camera's usually off to the side with mirrors. I think more these days they're able to do it too because they can Shut digitally up. remove. <laughs> There's that one really awesome shot in Contact um, where it's like a young Jodie Foster's character, if I remember correctly. She's like running towards the camera and then I can't remember exactly, but like it, it, it is like a mirror shot. So like then something happens and then like the camera pulls away and you realize that like it, you were looking at it through a mirror. I don't really remember exactly how it goes, but I like yeah. that was a I, cool mirror shot sorry for saying shut up matt (laughs) i'll never forget it um no i think that yeah because i think i'm trying to remember what the contact shot is and i think it's like you see her looking at herself as a girl in the mirror and then you go into the mirror. that's what it is and you see jodie foster like walk away from it so you're like on the other side of the mirror now in the future yeah there's like a very bold move for the movie contact but yeah uh Uh, in any case, though, yeah. Uh, and visually, yeah, I mean, it looks cool. And I do love the the nameplates changing uh, for now that they're older. It's like, instead of Andy, it says Andrew. Yeah. They're all just very <laughs> oh, little, yeah. little, little, like, um, Chirons. Um, uh, and it also it gave me Sing Street vibes, that opening montage. Yeah. Oh. It's probably the long coat. Uh, now I want to watch that Sing is Street. such a funny duster. That, like, leather duster is so embarrassing. Is it leather? Or, I don't know, cloth, I guess, probably. I thought it was <laughs> like leather, but... Like any other piece of fabric. <laughs> Some sort of cotton blend. Um, Did we want to hit dialogue real quick? I wrote down some things that made me laugh. Please so do. I feel like... Yeah, I only had one thing. Uh, The... Let's get this antique on the road show is so stupid. <laughs> Just an incredibly dumb joke. But the fact that all four of them blank him immediately afterwards elevates it to me. <laughs> like when he said it, I was like, oh my God. But then like, the camera cuts to all four of them just staring at him like a fucking asshole. <laughs> I was like, that's good. Um, when he's talking about, when he's like, I might have kids. And he's like, remember Karen Egerton, who, who I, and he like whistles while making the like finger in a hole gesture yeah. and then just immediately says, fucked. <laughs> Um, Wow, you really have a selective memory, don't you? Someone else was just saying that. Yeah, me. No, I would have remembered that. (laughs) (laughs) 
And then when uh, he's going to go talk to that guy that he used to buy drugs off of, and he's like, well, how will you know it's the still reverend. him? And, yeah, the reverend. He's like, we used to have a really sophisticated code for when I wanted to buy, like, herbal narcotics off of him. And so he goes over, and the code is just him knocking on the bar a few times and then saying, do you have any drugs? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's. I think that, like, <clears throat> this movie isn't as consistently funny as all of Shaun of the Dead is to me and most of Hot Fuzz is to me. But I think when this movie is funny, I do think it's still very funny. Yeah. I I Um, think the line that I wrote down, I think is one of my favorites and I don't even think it's supposed to be a funny line, Uh, but it's when he pulls up at the bus stop and gets out of the car. He, he says, Oh yes. Look at these cunts. (laughs) 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 I think it's, it gets me uh, this time. I have no memory of it <laughs> the last time. Uh, that line. Uh, so the antique roadshow joke, I think, is also like clever because like he says, I'm going to pick like we're all meeting at this bus stop at 3 p.m. sharp. And so the camera cuts to like a clock changing from 1457 to 1458. And because we lived with Tierney, I know how to do military time. (laughs) So I was like, oh, okay, it's a couple minutes before three. And then, so they all meet up. Then they're just sitting, then it like cuts to them just like sitting on a bench being like, ah, damn it, he's late. And so then when he says the antique roadshow joke and it cuts to each one of them, the like the bell is chiming. So like it's, he was literally an hour late to pick them up because it's just like, ding 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 mm-hmm. which i thought was like a really clever like another oh. like edgar wright use of like editing with sound uh to like get a point across which is something that he does pretty regularly um i thought was uh-huh. like a clever way of doing it while also elevating the that. joke that i <laughs> got him <laughs> because i grew up in a house with five million cuckoo clocks <laughs> I missed it. I did not uh, catch that. Um, I like the line where he, I don't even remember the context, but he says, Dr. Ink. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like get yeah, it, yeah. get it, get it. He had like, no, we got it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Dr. Ink. Um, um, yeah, I didn't write down a lot, other, a lot of other lines myself. But, yeah, I did find... The di- oh, I I liked the Rosamund Pike gag where she throws the out of order sign at him uh, <laughs> from the from the disabled. Because uh, I was like, oh, that's a good payoff to like be like the disabled's out of order, and then she tells him he's out of order, mm-hmm. and I was like, mm-hmm. mm, clever. And then they put it on the door after they beat up all the robots. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a triple threat. It is a triple. Threat. <laughs> the other. Um, <clears throat> When, before Rosamund Pike's character gets there, and they're just, like, talking about her at the bar, and uh, Gary says that she always had a wide on for someone, I thought was really, oh, God. <laughs> really clever. I didn't even like, catch that. 
my god. I caught it and I didn't care for it. <laughs> really, really, really uncalled for, but I was like, that actually I've never heard that before. That's pretty clever. And then when Martin Freeman's like, can we not talk about my sister in the context of her wide-ons and Steve's hard-on or something? I was like, very, very funny. Ugh. <laughs> Oh, boy. Um, I, those are the only things I had on my list of things to talk about. Do we cover? I had dialogue, uh, visuals, and story plot. I, we definitely covered story plot. Yeah. We've well, I think we got everything, everything I was going to talk about. Oh, uh, one other quick visual gag that made me giggle. Um, Walter Frey. Um, can't remember. His, David something or other. Right. Um, Do you mean Argus Filch? Sure. Yeah, uh-huh. we can go with him too. Uh, David Bradley. Uh, the shot of him oh, just like is from, <laughs> from Game, of, Game Thrones. of Thrones. Yeah, <laughs> I was thinking it was his actual name. No, David Bradley is the actor. I couldn't think of the last. Walder Frey from Game of Thrones. Argus Filch from the Harry Potter trilogy or trilogy series. Um, that shot of him from across the bar, which is a beer and a giant crazy straw, <laughs> just like sipping mm-hmm. on a beer out of a crazy straw. It's like, like, I don't think the payoff of that joke later is worth it, but like the yeah. visual bit of him just sipping on a beer from Especially a crazy straw is really funny. touching the beer with his bare hand. <laughs> yeah, <it's> like... <laughs> um, the, oh God, wait, who was I going to, oh, is that Bill Nye? Yeah. As the, Okay. Who's Pierce Brosnan? The teacher. He's just like a teacher from oh, their school. Oh, right. Okay. Bill Nye is the voice. Is that what you're saying? He's the voice of the, the network. He's the voice of like, yeah. Yeah. But in the end, uh, which I was like, okay, I get that. I see. Man, I I don't know. I was not tuned in the, as much as I should have been. In, <laughs> in the opening, like in the intro, um, Gary says something like, oh, I always liked that teacher. And the teacher is Pierce Brosnan. And he's like, he has the line where he's like, he always asked me what I wanted to do when I grew up. And I just, I responded, have a good time. He didn't think it was funny. (laughs) So, um, yeah, that's where he comes back into the story. Uh, Another one that's like, seems weird that they got Pierce. You know, like I was thinking about it, like Timothy Dalton seems like a a big get for like an Edgar Wright movie you know, for Hot Fuzz. And so, like, Pierce Brosnan seems like a big get for an Edgar Wright movie, but I feel like it was mostly a nothing character. He had, like, right. a couple scenes, and that was about it. It just seems weird. That's Maybe he wanted months, to though. work with Edgar. That could be it. Yeah. And it's funny that he's had two Bonds in the three movies, though. I was going to say, has he had any of the other Bonds in any of his other movies? No, but Pierce might have also been really just taking anything he could get in the post Mamma Mia, Mama Mia SOS. <laughs> as soon as I saw him, I was like, God damn it, Tierney. <laughs> like, all I can think about is him singing SOS. It used to be so nice. It used to be so good. <laughs> there was a crossword clue the other day that was like, hit song by Rihanna and ABBA. <laughs> I was like, God damn. <laughs> I love ABBA. <laughs> Uh, should Some we... of the best needle drops in movies have been. I always say ABBA. Is it ABBA or ABBA? I think I don't know. I but always Chikatita say ABBA. In I think it's a bomb. Three... Oh god! <laughs> Chikatita <laughs> in three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. This is another great needle drop. Mm. 
when all, the, all of Mamma Mia 2, here we go again. Great needle And drops. also Mamma Mia 1. Yeah. But when the whole There's station a... is burning and <laughs> Sam Rockwell's just sitting there and it's ch- Chikatita, tell me what's wrong. <laughs> That was always a great choice. There's an ABBA needle drop in Malcolm in the Middle when uh, Dewey hangs out with, I think it's Dewey, is hanging out with B. Arthur, who's his, like, babysitter. And then they dance to Fernando, and it's so fun that she has a heart attack and dies. I (laughs) remember this one. In the middle of the needle drop, it's, like, B. Arthur dancing, (laughs) and then it just pauses, and, like, the record scratches, and then it's an ambulance, and they're, like, carting her away. (laughs) She died. Christ. (laughs) I think I remember uh, that. Yeah. Dewey has like a rose in his mouth from what I remember. Yep. Yeah. It's a, it's a fun needle drop though. Hmm. Always uh, a good choice. Uh-huh. Does anybody, should we move on to the Q&A portion? Yeah. Yes. My question was if <clears throat> someone in high school came to you after not talking to you for approximately 25 years and said, let's go on this bar crawl we did when we were 18 and we didn't finish. Would you go? Yeah, the answer is yes. I think I probably would, yeah. Oh, really? (laughs) This sounds like exactly the thing I would do. So that was a little, like, spotlight was turned on me to be like, hmm, do I also live in my high school years? Hmm. Hmm. I think it depends. I mean, uh... (laughs) I don't know what that says about me. (laughs) No, this is definitely something I would have done in high school in my early 20s would have been like, let's... To all of the bars. <laughs> and then if someone came to me and was like, let's do that now, I'd just be like, let's not. I think it, it depends. Uh, the, if it's Especially like, if I haven't talked to them in 25 years. That's a good point. I was, like, if it was somebody who I was really close with um, but haven't talked to, it would be a tougher sell. But if it was somebody that I was like pretty good friends with and like loosely kept in touch – like you know oh yeah. like I super mean, close but like we at least like kind of kept in touch like i would be much more willing to do it which is not to say that i wouldn't do it in the original scenario but it would be a tougher sell yeah, i think if really like one of my person. good friends who i still <clears throat> talk to was like let's do this i'd be like okay like the equivalent for me would be sure. like let's pre-game a marquette game and then continue going to bars afterwards i'd be like i guess you're like let me sleep for several days beforehand but then yeah (laughs) (laughs) but but if it was someone who i like hadn't talked to i'd be like absolutely not (laughs) that's fair i think if it was also somebody like gary king i would be like i don't know if i can be around a risk like this like i don't think i could do a bar crawl with this like I do wonder, so, like, the movie sets it up, like, none of the four other friends talk to each other before they all just, like, happen to be there. And so, like, I think in that scenario where, like, Gary's pitch to all of them is, we're all doing this, I would reach out to the other people and be like, hey, are you doing this? Because, like, I don't think I would just commit to doing it alone, but if I had, like, a friend group of people... That it seems like they all, like, sort of keep in touch with each other. Like, maybe not, like, super close, but they have at least, like, are aware of each other's current lives. 
Like, do you say current wives? Well, I said lives, but I think oh. wives might also be appropriate. <laughs> Past wives. Um, I think like if I were to reach out to like the whole group and we all as a group decided we would do it, then I'd be like, okay, yeah, I'm I'm willing to give it a shot. Um. Yeah, I also just like having fun and doing things. <laughs> and I and like the the <clears throat> crawl as described does sound fun. So like I would want to go to all these bars. That was going to be my question. Have either of you done something like this? Like obviously not this exact bar crawl, but like have you ever done something along yes. these lines? Hmm. Yes. Would you like to speak on it or no? I mean, I've done several bar crawls. Um Have they been like has it just been but like the, we're out and like oh let's go to a different bar or was it like established no. as we are going to hit these five bars? No, I'll tell you. I'll tell you the ones that stand out. So I did one in Prague when I mm. studied abroad. I invented one in Galway. Nice <laughs> with my <clears throat> friends, and then at Marquette I did or in Milwaukee, we did a Bloody Mary bar crawl. Oh. Would not recommend. No, <laughs> no. It was oh disgusting. But it's like the most Milwaukee thing you well, can think yeah. of. Yeah, yeah. Unless you just With added hamburgers cheese. on top. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then um, in, I think the last bar crawl, like I've also done them like, you know, in in Chicago and like, dare I say, Wrigleyville in my Oof. early 20s. We've all and been then, there. We've, we've all then, been there. <laughs> I think the last one I did was in uh, Dublin, and it wasn't even my school. It was my roommate was in med school, and they were doing, like, in the downtown city center. Like, it was like a scavenger hunt bar crawl. Mm. And I... I just remember one of the bars was called the Harry Lemon, and I remember thinking that was so funny. But I don't know anything else about the theme or anything else. I was just a participant. Uh, I'm not going to remember all of them, but just what you just said reminded me of, like, the the names of these bars were all really funny. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to see if there was also, like, some sort of pattern or theme, because, like, the first post is the first stop. Yeah, and the world's end um, is the last stop. But I don't know if there's yeah. much of a theme outside of that. But there's, right. like, the two-headed dog, which, like, has a weird picture of a dog with two heads. <laughs> um, yeah. See, like, and even that is, like, <clears throat> I feel like it sets it up that, like, those things will happen at those bars, essentially, or, like, some element yeah. of that. Like, a robot dog with two heads tries to attack him. But, like, the names don't really pay off for anything. And they could because no. they're fun. Yeah. So that's a little disappointing. Matt, have you ever done a bar crawl type situation? Or, like, a, well, some far, sort of situation like what these gentlemen got themselves into? <clears throat> um, as far as I can remember, no. But the closest comparison I would have, and it's appropriate for when we're recording this, which is the day before Thanksgiving, is uh, multiple Blackout years yeah. for Black Friday, uh, my friends and I would make our game plan of like, we're going to go to Circuit City at midnight, and then we're going to go to oh Best my Buy God. at 2 in the morning, <laughs> and then we're going to go to Target at 5 in the morning, 
And then from Target, we'll go to Walmart. And from Walmart, we'll go to IHOP and end with breakfast. Uh, so uh, I think keeping in the theme of me being a capitalist pig who loves shopping, <laughs> <laughs> that is the closest comparison I have. Um, Remember when the which, special thing you found was Walmart? <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say it's in line with me following my intuition to find joy and being ecstatic that I found a Walmart <laughs> that we had been to the previous day. Um, so I need to get out more. Uh, but I might go on a bar crawl uh, tomorrow night, actually. Thanksgiving night. So Ooh. stay tuned. Maybe I will have a story like this. But also, I like, you know, bachelor parties, I feel like, are similar, too. Where you're just kind of, yeah. like, well, I think... going out <clears throat> on a pathway. Well, that's why I was and, like, I... Yeah. The thing that differentiates this to me is that, like... <clears throat> there's a specific order in which it needs to be done and like you complete it. And it's like, uh, like I feel like I accomplished something. Whereas like a regular bar crawl, if you're just like, Oh, we're out, let's go to this other bar. And then once you're done there, you're like, okay, we've had a couple drinks. Let's check out the one down the street. Like that just feels a little more nebulous. And so I was curious if you guys had ever done anything that's more like concrete, like this is. No, here's, uh, this is kind of a departure, but to also talk about, the story again i feel like a bachelor party would have been a great context for this movie oh my god mm. yeah andy is still friends with gary and chooses gary to be his best man oh and the yeah party that gary plans is this old bar crawl that all of them are like we're all too grown up for that yeah like, uh which again maybe a bachelor party is like it's maybe too close to bars so it's like well why would anyone have a problem with that but even still, even if, like, Andy is sober and he's like, why are you taking me from my bachelor party to 12 bars? Like, yeah. how does In that my show hometown. that you know me at all? And you get the context of, like, the end of this, like, liberal life as a bachelor to the end of his world, of Gary being afraid of, like, moving mm. on and being the only one left behind. Like, again, it's like there's so many elements in here that, like, feel like they could fit differently and be more successful together there and it's just kind of like they it's just a random time that he wants to do this bar crawl with his like i guess the anniversary of it but it still kind of feels like tenuous anniversary of the year (laughs) every every year is an anniversary of the year which was a great callback to what uh when is your birthday uh what march 25th what year every Every year year. (laughs) yeah um Anyway, yeah, I have not done a proper bar crawl as far as I can remember, but I did shop. So we did one when I was in Germany. So I was in Germany when I was 21 years old. So like my prime drinking days. And there was this place where, so Valpo had like a study abroad program with a college in Reutlingen, Germany. And there was like a bar in Reutlingen that if you studied abroad there, like if you, if you were a Valpo student and you studied abroad in this program, you would go to this bar at some point during your semester and you would get your beer diploma, which was 10, like one third liter pours and you would drink them all okay. in one night. And like I we were obliterated drunk. And that was like, like I said, my prime drinking years. The thought of doing 12 full pints, I was like, no, I literally would be dead. <laughs> like, yeah. 
even back then, like, I, like the thought of doing it now is frightening. And the, the idea of doing it back then is also, also frightening. Just, like, like, so much liquid. Yeah. I'd be peeing nonstop. <laughs> and I did see nonstop. something that was, they actually didn't fill the glasses. The, the glass itself was lined. And oh, that's I'm sure. Why they, mm. they were able to slug, slug them so fast. Yeah, that makes Smart. sense. Um, oh, okay. One last, okay, actually, maybe this will be my Q&A, is what do you think the significance is? And this isn't a, this isn't a fun question, so this might just be just more review. But what do you think the significance is that he orders water at the very end? Uh, that he stopped drinking. And why? Be- because are people able to- he realized he had a problem, maybe, finally. Are people able to consume? Are people able to produce beer in this apocalyptic world? It certainly seems like it at that bar. I don't know. I think people make beer in their backyard. People make wine in toilets. Yeah, I know. I'm just like we're unstoppable creatures as humans. (laughs) We want to get liquored up. But I think, and now because only now I'm like thinking of what the meaning of the ending is, and I think maybe it's suggesting that like. Also, the other thing we haven't talked about is that he attempted suicide before this. Uh, yeah. Which is a detail that's, like, particularly dark that I also feel like informs a lot of this character, but also is a little, like, grim. Um, also a little late. Yeah, it's thrown in late. with, like, ten minutes left of the movie. You're like, whoa. Yeah. And so that's where I'm kind of like, I guess maybe the meaning of the ending is, like, he finds purpose in the yeah. post-apocalyptic world, and that's what he was uh, the post-apocalyptic uh, world, and that's what he can be sober for, because he's got a purpose now. And that's what I understood it to be. Blanks. It's to to defend his crew, his boys, his boys sure. that he's always envisioned. He's been stuck in that same group of friends yeah. from that same time period, and he finally gets to continue being stuck with them. And doesn't mind being sober doing it. Whatever. I don't know. Um, my actual question is, what would you get at every stop of the beer crawl? The bar, or the bar crawl. The lightest possible beer with the A lowest Guinness? ABV. <laughs> Guinness for 12 stops, Tierney? Yeah. Be heavy. It's the Good only beer I like. It's, also, it's, it's a relatively low ABV. Like all things considered, I mean, I think it's like it's also four relatively low calorie too. It's, I feel like I, drinking more than, than Budweiser. one Guinness just feels really heavy. I do enjoy yeah, Guinness. It feels but... like a meal. But no, that's I asked the question, so that's a perfectly good answer. Um, well, yeah, I, I would... definitely drank a fair number of them. <laughs> I'm sure you did. Um, <laughs> I would, uh, oh. yeah. I don't like beer, so it's really it's like stouts point. are the only beers I like, um, and I can't even drink them. So. <laughs> right, right. Okay, actually, I do remember the actual question that I had, which was, Ugh. "What is a thing that you never finished that if you could bring back to people to do it correct this time, you would have them?" reunite to do maybe you don't have anything i don't even know if i do (laughs) yeah i don't 
I don't know. <laughs> my problem with my friends tends to be inability to start things. <laughs> <laughs> Usually once they're going, they get finished. But getting going can be really hard. <laughs> yeah, I I can't necessarily think of anything. Like, I don't have any, like, big regrets of, like, oh, man, I wish that I... Like, regrets. Regrets. Yeah, I don't know if I have any Like, I don't have anything that's, like, hanging over me as, like, a thing that I wish that I would have done. At Mine least are any... just, like, me being a butthole. <laughs> I have plenty of those regrets. Sure, 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 sure. But in, like, okay, yeah, in same. the context of this, like... like... But I finished that. I, 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 I finished those changes. I'm no longer a butthole. <laughs> Congrats. Uh, I think maybe mine would just be like, I guess, a Dungeons and Dragons campaign because I think that's the only thing that oh. I like, have particularly left open ended with a group. But, I mean, like that's not that hard to do. You could just, <laughs> you could just do it. <laughs> Whatever. Oh well. <laughs> like, like I said, I think the hardest part is getting going. Yeah, <laughs> Once they're going, it's usually okay. All right. Well, that's it. We did it, everybody. We did the. That's the Cornetto. Trilogy. We did the Cornetto trilogy. Oh, this one. This one was mint. By the way, that was the flavor on this one, of of the titular three flavor. Wait, really? Oh, green. Green. Okay. Yeah. And th- you see the Cornetto wrapper hit the fence. Yeah. And that's I think the only time. That's the only one in this one. Yeah. That's it. Because they're too well, busy. The Cornetto doesn't make a beer. So. Oh, good point. And adults don't like ice cream, so it's hard. Uh, dis- strong disagree, but... Yeah, yeah. I think... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think um, most, most people would agree that I am an adult and I love ice cream. Yeah, I mean, ex- I was, it was just jokes. Extremely same. The last time I visited Matt, the, literally the first prank. the first night we were, I was in town, we went and got parking lot tacos and then went and got ice cream. <laughs> Did he complain the whole time? No, because no, he was, was eating exactly ta- what I want. He was eating the tacos, so he was fine. Yeah. Bougie ice cream and street tacos. That's all I am in life. Which. Isn't the taco that you ended up eating that day, wasn't it a, a, a taco, taco. Type, an ice cream taco? <laughs> wow. <laughs> was the only taco you got to eat that day. <laughs> and yeah. you complained the whole time you were eating it. Yeah, because it wasn't a street taco. Like it, was it was the closest I could get. And I'm thankful every day that I complained and got that choco taco because now they're gone. That's true. And now we can't, we, we can't, we can't enjoy choco tacos anymore. Oh, you oh didn't my com- gosh. You didn't get that choco taco because you complained so much. You got that choco taco because the man with the ice cream cart was walking down the beach. <laughs> and you were like, oh, right maybe there. I could get a different type of taco. It wasn't the same, but I did my best. I'm a man of solutions, okay? <laughs> um but anyway. All right. Uh, so next week we will be watching our spin-off movie. Uh-huh. Which yeah, we're going to we're done with the Cornetto trilogy. Um but we're moving on to the spin-off, so we'll see what that is next week. Um But yeah, in the meantime, uh I'm finished. <laughs> <laughs>